Thank you, Caitlin. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, I'll be sharing also, and this uh, from Genesis chapter 1. Let's see if, if mine is up on the screen. Oh, hey. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I thought she had favoritism, but amen. He's an he's equal opportunity scripture poster. All right. You know, uh, before we read and get into uh, this, this story here, I just have to say thank you to all of you that helped yesterday. We had a memorial service for a, a, a lady, a young lady that passed away. Um, uh, she died suddenly and her family had, uh, had no means to, um, uh, to provide anything to remember her. And so we invited them here to come and, uh, and we, uh, we walked that journey with them. And man, I was so blessed that uh, for all of those that came, thank you, Brother Juan, for helping out what you did, and uh, Tracy and, and my wife and uh, Sister Margaret there in the back, Brother Gary, and, uh, and the, those that came out to, to support, um, they were so appreciative, and they wanted me to thank you for uh, spending that time with them, a very difficult time, and to, and to walk that, that journey with them. And so thank you for what you did. Uh, let's, uh, what you did yesterday, you did for Christ. Amen? So praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Amen. And, and, and Juan, when you get to heaven, you're like, man, Lord, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You know, why am I here? He says, because that day you helped out. <laughs> That's all, you know. Oh. <laughs> Amen. This is what the Bible says. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning for your spirit to descend upon us, to open our hearts and our minds, to hear what you say from your word to our hearts, to our lives. I pray that you would speak to us. Father, that you would remove anything in our minds that that in our minds will speak a contrary word from your word. I pray that you would clarify, that you would illuminate, that you would uh, enliven us, help us to hear you and to walk in unison with you. As we read your word and understand your word, I pray for clarity and peace. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people say, amen. 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 When God created the first humans, and this is what this story is about. He gave them the ability to do several things. One of them, and he, and he makes it very plain right here, is that he gave them the ability to procreate, which simply means that they can reproduce themselves. Humans can reproduce themselves. Did you know that? Of course you did, right? We see little humans all over the place, right? Everywhere. I mean, we are the product of that ability given to Adam and Eve. He gave them that ability, and we do not doubt that, do we? 
We don't doubt the ability to, to reproduce ourselves. We know that it works. But that's not the only quality he's given to humankind. Right here in the very same passage that describes that ability, it tells us that God has given us much more. God also commanded the first humans to fill the earth and then subdue it. Subdue it. Then it says, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. The Hebrew word rada means to tread under your feet, to tread, to stand over, to walk over, to live over and above creation. That nothing in creation should ever position itself over humanity. That in all of creation, all of creation, and there is a lot of creation, not just here on earth, there is a lot in creation that nothing should rule or reign over humanity. That is God's idea. Subdue to tread over everything. In other words, everything was placed under Adam and Eve's feet, committed to their guidance, committed to their say-so. But it also means to rule, not just to tread over, to walk over, to subdue means to, to tread over, but it also means to rule. And he says that. The second thing, he says to rule. So that they, they had the God-given authority over all the earth and all of the creatures of the earth. So God put them in charge. And it's not just over the garden. He tells them in the garden, I want you to go into this garden, tame it, subdue it, man, make this garden obey you. And they went and they began to work the garden. They took out things that they didn't want there. So there were weeds growing, whatever, man, till that ground, work in that, make it serve you. Let's get this. Let's get this picture. Make that garden serve you. It'll work for you. And it will feed you and sustain you. And it will, it will make your family healthy. You will thrive when you subdue that garden. And they began to, to work that garden. And it produced for them. It produced food for them. And it wasn't just over the garden, but over all creation. This was his command. It is just as effective as the other command that he gave us in that passage of scripture. In fact, if you were to read throughout the Bible, in, in Psalm chapter eight, for instance, verse six, David said, and he was speaking of humanity, David said, you made him, talking about man and woman, you made him and her ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet to tread, remember? all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and all that swim the paths of the seas. He's talking about humanity. He's talking about you. He's talking about you and your God-given supremacy over creation. He's placed you at the top of all that he's created. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, uh, beginning at the very beginning of the book, particularly in, in verse 2, Paul was upset 
with the Corinthians for the petty arguments that they were having. And sometimes that happens. You know, in churches you have people with grudges and arguments and things, and it had gotten out of control in Corinth. And he began to talk to the people there in Corinth about the, the arguments they were having, lawsuits. They began to have lawsuits against one another. So he wrote to them to correct them, to rebuke them. And he said to them in verse 2, he says, Do you not know that the saints would ju will judge the world? This is what he's saying, that the saints will judge the world. He's talking about you. Did you know that? He's saying to them that you will judge the world. What are you doing fighting with one another? And, and going and taking your case to a judge to, to, to rule a case between church members. Don't you know that you guys will judge the world? Then, if that's not enough, in verse 3 of that same chapter, he says this. He says, do you not know that we will judge angels? This is Paul speaking, and he's just kind of giving some insight to these Christians that are arguing with, what are you guys doing arguing? Don't you know the place that he's given you, the authority that he's given you, not just to subdue the earth and to rule. He's placed you at the very top of creation. Not only will you rule and subdue the world, you are going to judge the world. You are going to sit in seats in judgment against the world, not only the world, but angels. You're going to judge angels. He's speaking of your dominion. Dominion means authority. It's the ability to exercise power to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And there are a lot of people who have found themselves, for whatever reason, at some place below creation. At some place below, whether it be other people or whether it be powers or whether it be substances that God created, sometimes people are not at the top. Not where God intended them to be. Everything else works. Oh, we can recreate and procreate. We can have all kinds of kids. That part works. But there are other things that are not working the way God intended. We've lost something. The ability to exercise power to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. He has made you like kings. You have been enthroned, not just to go to war. And we go to war day by day. We fight a fight every day, not just to go to war, though. And we go to war against the Lord's enemies. The Lord's enemies, they take out a fight against you every day you wake up, even in your sleep, man, they, to wake you, to make you tired, keep you tired, to, to attack your health, attack your kids, your family, your mind, to, to pose us against one another. We fight against each other. This is the very thing Paul was, was telling the Corinthians about. Man, we fight a fight all the time, and you are enthroned to fight that fight. And it's not just there. It's more than that. The Bible tells us that we will also reign with Christ over creation. Now, that's hard to believe. That is hard to believe. We, we find it hard. We, we can't even get hired to work at Target, right? And we'll, we're going to reign over the earth with Christ? Are you serious? Are, we're we're going to hold and occupy a throne? Yes, you will. In fact, you have. You are. 
If we were to combine all the authority that the rulers have had throughout the history of the world, all of their positive accomplishments, all that they've built, all that they've provided for people, it pales in comparison to what God has intended for you. You are kings and queens in training right now. Right now, we need to believe that. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, beginning in verse 11, he says to him, here is a trustworthy saying. And he tells it to him kind of like in a poem, but, but, but that first part, he says this, here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, and I'm assuming that we died with him, if you've been baptized, baptism represents the death and the resurrection. If you died with him, if you've given your life to him, and you're still waiting for that baptism moment, but you've died with Christ. If you died with him, we will also live with him. And then he says in the very next verse, verse 12, if we endure after the baptism and you come out of that water and it wasn't just your emotions. He says, if you died, you'll live with him. And if you endure, you will reign with him. There's that word again to tread over, to subdue, to have dominion and authority. You will reign with Christ. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying here. He's talking about royal power and dominion. In fact, one of the most compelling arguments concerning your authority can be seen in the book of Ephesians, where Paul, again, is, is, is teaching. And in, in the very first chapter, Verse 20, towards the end of that chapter, he tells us that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he seated him at the right hand in heavenly, in, in heavenly realms. He took Christ. When Christ died and was buried and resurrected and then exalted, he took Christ from the grave and seated. Do we believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is seated with God right next to him? Right? Amen. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. Yes. We believe that. We get the wave going for that one. But let me go on. Let me go on. It doesn't end there. It goes on to say that he seated him far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And he goes on from there in chapter two of the book of Ephesians. He says, as for you, and here's where you come in, so come on in. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And then here it is. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. It is not only Christ that is seated next to God in heaven. God has raised you up also. And there are little thrones that you occupy. Now you might look around right now and say, man, the person next to me doesn't look like he comes from the heavenly place. But that is where you are seated, in heavenly places with Christ. Man, this is heavy. Somehow we miss this part. Somehow we miss this. So right now, the Bible tells us that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where you are this very moment. This is who you are. This is what you are. Heavenly authority was God's intentions for you since the beginning of creation. That was what he had in mind. Those were his intentions when he created us and he allowed us the power to procreate. What God did in the creation is he formed man with clay. He made man and woman. He says, I'm going to share that power with humanity. And when you decide to have your children, you can do the same thing I'm doing. But that's not all. I am going to give them power and authority to hold dominion over creation, to subdue it, to trample it, to never let creation take control of their lives. They are at the top. Nothing should control you. Nothing should subdue you. Nothing should trample your will. Nothing should depress you, worry you, concern you. I want you at the very top of creation. Not angels, not powers, not dominions. Nothing will control the people I have given life to, that I have given power to. So rise up and sit on your throne. Be enthroned with Christ. These were his intentions for you. He made you for a purpose. He made you with a certain capacity. He made you with an elevated status, not a diminished status with authority and power to forgive, power to release and to bind. You have power, power that God has given to you. And when all is said and done, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, it says this, and they will reign forever and ever. Talking about you and me. We will reign forever and ever. We will occupy those seats. Dominion over the earth is given to you as saints. The affairs of the nations will be in your hands, right? The righteous, you will hold offices. You will make decisions. You will have a controlling voice in everything that pertains to human affairs in the earth. You will be able to do that. You'll be given trust and responsibility. God has given that to you. He doesn't have you fill out any applications. He doesn't have you do any kinds of tests where you got to remember stuff. He says, I have provided for them. These are my intentions. I will walk with them and guide them. I'll give them wisdom. But I want them to rise up not to be subdued by creation. He has put you over everything. And so he's pleading with you to walk in that authority. 
The righteous have been called there. It belongs to you. You will be what Moses was in Egypt, an outsider. Man, wasn't even, that wasn't even his nation. Man, he just showed up as a baby. And he learned what he needed to learn. And he rose up and became the, the, the number one guy. Man, he, he became a, a decision maker. God is going to make you what, what Joseph was when he was in Egypt, an outsider. But he was tied to the, to the welfare of that kingdom. An outsider coming in and making decisions, second in charge. He had the, the ring of the king. He could, he could decide whatever he wanted to decide. He, nothing was over him. God put him at the top. You will be what Daniel was in Babylon. A decision maker. A shot caller. Not in the neighborhood. But over all of creation. In fact, when Daniel was in Babylon, he had a dream about you. Did you know that? He had a dream about you. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 1, he was dreaming about the future. And he described what he saw in that dream at night. It, it was terrifying. He, he describes it as a terrifying dream, but it had a good outcome. And, and he says in Daniel chapter 7, going down to verse 27, he says this about you. He says, then the sovereignty power and greatness of the kingdoms. He's talking about the kingdoms of the world under the whole heaven, under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints. In his dream, he's, he's looking way into the future and he sees all this stuff happening, but at the end he says, you know what, all of the kingdoms, all of the authority, all of the decision-making power, the power that nations have to destroy or to build, to make choices, to supply good, to meet the needs of those that have needs. All of the authority and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints, the saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. He's talking about you. But all of this was given as a command right there in Genesis. It's a command that is easily overlooked. We, we overlook it. We dismiss it as just being some extra words in the verse. But they are not just extra words. They are a description of who you are, of what you are, of what God has imbued within you. He has given to you. I mean, he's given you something uh, uh, powerful, something that he wants you to accomplish. This is your destiny. All of this was given in a command. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue it. You are kings and queens in Christ right now. This is what you are. You are seated in heavenly places right now. We're, we're going to sit in thrones alongside Jesus. I already called dibs to be right there, you know, right next to him. Like, yeah, Jesus, you know, just, you know, I don't know if I'll get that place, you know, but, but we need to know where we are seated. We need to know that until then, because we will seat be seated there. We will judge the world and we will judge angels. But until then, can you judge yourself? Can I judge myself? Until then, we are expected to reign over our own sinful passions. 
We're talking about judging angels. Those that have seen God, that participated in the creation of the world, and, and, and he's sending angels, hey, go and raise that mountain up. And they go and, you know, the mountains are rising, creating seas, and, and fill that, that desert with trees, and angels are going, running around, fulfilling God's creation. You're going to judge the angels. But can we judge ourselves in the meantime? We're expected to bring our own minds and our own wills and affections into submission to Jesus by the power of the Spirit through his word. We're expected to do that to us. That's a part of our training. How are we going to judge the world when we can't judge ourselves? How are we going to judge the world when we can't say to ourselves, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Let me pass judgment on my own lips. Let me, let me pass judgment on my own intentions and, and motivations. Why do I want to do this? Why, why, why am I not going to do that? What, you know, and, and to judge ourselves. We need to learn how to judge ourselves in the meantime. The same way the earth was wild and unruly when God created it. And, and you can read the story just a few verses before where we are right now. When God says, I'm going to create he says, let there be light. Man, he had to speak into darkness. And the earth was empty and formless, and there was nothing there. It was almost chaotic, and God had to subdue it. God had to control it. God had to let creation know, I am in charge here, and this formless earth is not the way I want it to be. I want it to have shape and purpose. I want it to be able to, to, to provide for the habitation of humanity. I have to subdue the powers of the oceans. I have to subdue it. I have to create a boundary for the seas. I have to provide for humanity. The same way he confronted creation is the same way God expects for us to conf confront ourselves. The unruly part of us, the wild and and, and chaotic parts of us, the dark parts of us. Subdue it, rule it, reign over it, and don't let the passions of your flesh be in charge of where you go and what you do and what you think. Be in charge of yourselves. We need to judge ourselves. This is practice for that throne you'll receive, right? So I wonder this morning, have you climbed off the throne? Have the tables been turned? Has the earth subdued us? Passions, spirits, powers, fallen angels, fears and phobias, things that we tell ourselves, I can never do, I can never do that. I can never be that, right? Inhibitions, anger, anxiety and depression. Who sits at the very top of who you are this morning? You who have been, who have been given control of the earth. Who will judge the angels? What sits in judgment of you? Whenever we experience life controlling forces, whenever we experience powerlessness, we have given up a portion of our authority. It's an authority that God has given us. So I'm declaring to you this morning that you are not made to be dominated by creation. I am declaring that to you this morning. You were not made to be dominated by creation, but to hold dominion over everything God has made. He has placed it in your hands. You will judge the world. You will judge the angels. And you will be seated with Christ. In fact, you already are. You will bind 
and whatever you bind will be bound forever. You will set free and loose things, and whatever you set free and loose will be loose indeed. It will be set free forever. This is why Jesus was ready uh, to, to confront every demonic power in his lifetime, to set people free. You don't hold sway over people. I am setting them free. And he confronted de demons. He confronted powers. He confronted blindness. He confronted sickness because he's placed people over creation. This is why he raised the dead. This is why he healed the sons and daughters of worried parents, distraught parents. He says, man, the kingdom of God is here and I'm setting captives free. And you have been invited to sit on thrones with Christ. So get back on the throne he's created for you. It's like a director's chair. It has your name on the back of it. You know, this is a seat made in heaven just for you to rule and reign with Christ. God has invited you to sit there. So I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you. You have a lot in common with the Savior, a lot in common. We can think of all the differences and, and we can, man, we can come up with a list of, of what makes us different than Jesus. We can make a list, but God has made a lot in common. And this is why he came to earth, to identify with us, to walk with us, to share with us in our humanity. Oh, Father God, is my prayer this morning. It is my prayer that we would see that spiritual authority that you have given to us to overcome fears and anxieties, to overcome the fallen angels and the influence of the enemy to overcome even the struggles and the passions, to overcome the flesh, to overcome the, the, the trauma of our childhood, abuse, my God, to overcome those life-disabling issues, those things that have, have caused us to fall short of all that you have intended for us. My prayer this morning, Father God, is that we would climb back into the thrones that you have prepared for your people the saints, those of us that will judge the world, those of us that will judge the angels, those of us who will reign with you forever. Father, this morning, we confront everything that has threatened the fullness of life you have promised for us. This is our prayer this morning, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want you to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. That's what he's called you to do. Do you have a problem focusing? Problem focusing? You have a problem controlling your anger? You know, where you get angry, and you're like, man, I can't help it. I can't help it. I get mad all the time and say things that I, I don't intend to say. And I, I do things that I, in my anger that I don't intend to do. I, I didn't want to break that thing or say what I said and hurt. Uh, it's just like this anger takes control of me. Thoughts control me. Depression controls me. Fear controls me. Lust controls me. Addictions control, uncertainty, habits and tendencies 
They control and they hinder and they, they subdue me in moments of my life. Well, I am here to let you know that God has provided a way of escape. He has not made you to be subdued and controlled by these things. He has placed you at the very top of creation. And right now, I want to bring all of those things, and I want you to join with me to bring all of those things into submission to Christ. Right now, we're gonna pray, and I want you to have more in common with Jesus than differences. And Jesus is seated with God at the right hand of God. And right now he has invited you. He is calling you this very moment to rise up, to be elevated, to live above every addiction, to live above every life controlling substance. He has called you to greatness, called you to dominion, called you to subdue the earth, to tread over it, to walk over it. And this morning, God wants to put you in your rightful place in creation. Father God, I pray for your people this morning. I pray, Father God, that you would elevate, that you would subdue, my God, those thoughts, my God, those addictions, my God, everything that has tried to subdue us, everything that has tried to hold us down, everything that depresses, everything that makes us angry. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would move upon us, strengthen us, my God. Give us, my God, a, a will, my God, of iron, my God. Oh, Father God, set us free this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.